What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. Noah, what is going on? Not much. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I got, we got to see Karis LeVert play last night for the first time in a Pacers uniform. Uh, it felt pretty oh, spectacular. Yeah? So oh, pretty good. Right. Glad to see him healthy and out there playing. He doesn't have a minutes restriction. So we're really just waiting for him to get his conditioning right. And I think he's going to be a very valuable asset to this Pacers team. Yeah, so right off the bat, let's just dive in. Uh, how do you think after watching Karis play one Pacers game, they didn't, they did, had an off night tonight, he will play a second game tomorrow, what is the dynamic of this Pacers team now with Karis Levert? Like, how do you, how do you balance the floor? How do you balance the minutes? You're still missing TJ Warren. Just what is the, uh, the look now? Um, I think there's plenty of shots. Like, I think Karis is not going to have a hard time finding, um, a good amount of shots every game. I think the presence of just having another guy that's threatening out on the court will help everyone. Um, teams were really just able to focus in on us before by just guarding Sabonis and Brogdon, and we'd kind of clam up. But with an ISO score as good as Karras now, uh, we're pretty lethal on offense. And I think once we get TJ Warren back, we'll just be really good. I'm super excited. I think fantasy-wise, he put up like 13.7 rebounds yesterday. And I think realistically, Karras could probably put up like 18, 5, and 4 every night, something like that. I think he'll have bigger scoring nights on that too. I'm really excited. And I think if you're a fantasy owner, you should be pretty excited too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you held to this point, kudos to you about 10 weeks in and you're, you're finally reaping the benefits of what he has to offer. So respect there. All right. Should we just get straight in with some schedule analysis so that we can just break down how to win this week and then yeah, we can get into get the guys it. who we think have the rest of the season value? All right. I'm down to just get to it then. All righty. So for the schedule this week, I'll start off by talking about the teams that are playing. It's a pretty loaded week. Most teams, the lion's share of teams, will be playing four games. But there are a handful of teams with three games and the Lakers are playing five games. The Lakers with five games, that's that's pretty huge, Noah. I mean, especially yeah. like if you can get some value out of those bench guys. Yeah, they had a pretty – they got the very short end of the stick over the um, long All-Star week. I think they only played three games. So this week they're getting treated with five games, which may not be the best for the actual Lakers team, but there's a lot of value to be found this week with guys playing five games for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right off the bat, who are like the bench players on the Lakers that you see maybe benefiting the most from this? Yeah, the Lakers are a weird team. So we've talked about before how a team, a bad team like the Pistons or the Thunder can have a lot of value um, deep into their roster. Mm -hmm. But the Lakers are kind of the other way. You know, like LeBron and AD are these such usage heavy players that they mm -hmm. really put up the big numbers for the Lakers. So almost everyone else on the Lakers, I think is probably available except maybe like Kyle Kuzma, which we'll talk about a little later. Yeah. But I think guys like, well, okay, never mind. Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell are definitely um, also rostered, yeah. but you could look at guys like Wesley Matthews, um, Alex Caruso, the Morris that's on there. Um, Marcus Saul, maybe. I like that. I couldn't. I don't yeah. remember. I always get them mixed up. Like I can actually never tell them I, apart. It's Markeith. Markeith. Okay, Markeith. Is he the better like one? Right in front of me. Uh, no. I'm pretty sure Marcus is the better one. Okay, and he's on the Clippers. It just sounds right. Yeah, I have no idea. Have you ever heard that story? Like that rumor of when the Celtics were in the playoffs, and <sighs> Mark. Whichever one, I think Marcus was like injured, and like they needed it was like a like game seven or something, and he was super injured, and came back and like played like three days later, and like there's like no reason he should have been help healthy, and people are like, what if it was Markeith? 
because they have the exact same tattoos like all over their body they're like all tatted up and they have the exact same tattoos so like tattoos yeah i said that kind of funny tattoos um yeah so there's that rumor out there you you could really take the deep dive in there there's some compelling evidence i I mean if you have a twin and you aren't doing that like what are you doing dude i don't know especially if your twin is like also an nba player (laughs) like it'd be kind of whack if like your twin was just an accountant accountant and you're an nba player Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I so I think that there's some value there with AD continuing to be out. Marcus Saul's actually listed as being out right now. Um, yeah, he's gonna have to miss at least two more games because of COVID protocols. So I don't know who the next man up is at center for them. But there's somebody that you can stream there. Damian Jones is their third string center. Mm-hmm. I think he's been playing as of recent too. Game right now. Interesting. Yeah, he has. They must be running a ton of small ball. They have to be right. Oh, I bet Taylor Horton Tucker is playing decent minutes for them right now. He was their draft pick from last year. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's put up over fifteen minutes each of the last six games. Nothing special fantasy wise. He had a game two weeks ago against Phoenix where he put up sixteen points in nineteen minutes. So yeah, maybe we see some Horton Tucker, Wesley Matthews. Wait, what? This can't be. There's no way. Did Meta World Peace sign with the Lakers? He's listed on no, because they also have fantasy. Because they also have Lance Stevenson on there. Okay, what <laughs> what percent roster do you think Meta World Peace is in twenty twenty one NBA fantasy? I'm gonna guess like point two since you asked me. It's got to be he's more point, than point one. He's point he's point three percent rostered. Down <laughs> down minus point one percent from last week when he was point four percent rostered. <laughs> uh, that's just pretty funny stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So we got a little bit derailed, but I think that there is a lot of value in the Lakers bench this week, especially with all the games, especially with the injuries to the front court. Alrighty, I'm just gonna read the list of teams that play three games and know that every other team is playing four games this week. So, kind of a loaded schedule, honestly. A lot of games should be high scoring. Uh, the Hawks. Clippers, Bucks, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Thunder, Magic, Raptors, and Jazz all play only three games. Everybody else playing four. Noah, there's not really a down day this week in in terms of games. Uh, Do you want to go over the number of teams playing each day and kind of talk that out? Yeah. So Monday, we got 16 teams playing. Tuesday, we have 14. Wednesday, we have 20. Thursday, we have 12. Friday, we have 20. Saturday, we have 10. And Sunday, we have 20. So the minimum amount of games on any day this week is uh, 5 on Saturday and 7 on Tuesday and 6 on Thursday, sorry. So it's kind of still a packed week. Like, there's no light game days where only, like, 6 or 8 teams are playing. So you got to be on top of it this week. Okay, I I don't know because I, I don't have the numbers uh, like in front of me, but this feels like the most games being played in any week we've seen so far. Yeah, the total number of games being played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this is yeah. This is a loaded week. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's there's gonna be interesting then. Because, yeah, there's a ton like, of back to backs. Like I'm I'm trying to do the the mental gymnastics in my head. Is the waiver wire more important then or less important? I think it's more important because I don't think that there's going to be like your the average roster is not going to be full every single day this week. Whereas usually like Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're you have like some guys sitting on the bench that should be 
that are playing, but you you can't fill them. Like I I think that there's not gonna be a day like that this week. I think just because of the schedule, you know, depending on your team, you're gonna have guys not playing every single day. So yeah, that means the waivers are extra important this week. Yeah, especially when you have flexibility. Um, I think that factors into if it's more important on a lo- more loaded game week because mm. you have options this week if you're if you're needing to pick up guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the options are going to be there then too. So, yeah, Friday for me. I'm looking at my roster right now. Friday's the only day where I won't need to pick somebody up off the waivers to fill spots. Wow. Right? So, things to consider. All right, do you want to go over the back-to-backs? There's a lot. Is it even worth explaining, or should we just should it be noted that there are a lot of back-to-backs? Yeah, I'll just go through how many there are each day. Um, so, Monday, Tuesday, we have two teams playing a back-to-back. On Tuesday, Wednesday, there's six teams playing on a back-to-back. Wednesday, Thursday, we have two teams. Thursday, Friday, we have five teams. Friday, Saturday, we have four teams. Saturday, Sunday, we have two teams. And then Sunday, Monday, we have seven teams. And the Lakers have two back-to-backs. Oh so you can be getting you can be getting two-game value out of a one-guy pickup if any if any Lakers fancy your taste, you know? That's a lot of value right there. Yeah, absolutely. And then we, we've talked about the Lakers having an optimal schedule. Anybody else that you have noted is having like a an optimal fantasy schedule for us? Um, I had the Hawks in there. The Hawks only play three games this week, but their three games are on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, um, all the low-volume game days. So you could be looking at guys like Kevin Huerter, Cam Reddish, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is actually back, uh, Danilo Gallinari, guys like that. Tony Snell's been starting yeah. for them while um, DeAndre Hunter's been out for a little bit. So there's a lot of value on the Hawks, too. Yeah, Hawks are Hawks are just a mess right now, but agreed. Agreed. All right, let's get to the bread and butter of this podcast, Noah. This is why the listeners listen. This is why the tuners tune in. It is the potential rest of season value waiver pickups. Now, we're over halfway through the regular season of the fantasy year, so... It's kind of interesting at this point. I'm not going to call them slim pickings because obviously things are changing. Teams are adapting. Players are getting hot. Players are getting cold. But it's definitely more interesting at this point to see who we are valuing as rest of season guys as opposed to who we were talking about rest of season guys as 10 weeks ago. Um, so let's just uh, let's just get into it. Your first guy that you think has rest of season value? Uh, my first guy is Kyle Kuzma, who is on the Los Angeles Lakers. He's currently 46% rostered on ESPN. And he's a guy who's really stepped it up over this time that Anthony Davis has missed. And he's averaging 15.4 points on 2.23s a game, shooting 46% from three right now. And he's averaging 9.1 rebounds. And he's actually hit four straight games with 11 or more rebounds, Colin. And we already said the Lakers have five games this week. Uh, And he's a guy that even when Anthony Davis comes back, uh, the Lakers are looking for anyone to step up, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. the opportunity is there for Kyle Kuzma to establish himself, as you know, one of the Lakers' top five best players. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, people have been waiting for him to take that step f- for a couple of years now. Well, really ever since LeBron came to the organization. So going on year three, people for do people forget that Kyle Kuzma was pretty much the only guy not sold to the Pelicans in order to get Anthony Davis? Do you do you like Kyle Kuzma like as a player? Like if you were a GM, would you like want no. Kyle Kuzma? No, okay. I would not want Kyle Kuzma. I think that he is. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of a comparison. He doesn't play defense. 
He's he's kind of trash at D, and I just I like when I watch him, I don't think he understands the game at a high level, and it really shows in some of his shot selection and playmaking. I think when he does his best, it's just waiting around for somebody else to make the play for him to get an open shot, and I don't think that he is a good enough shooter to elicit that as being his primary role. And I just don't, like, he can do decent in the ISO game, but he's not the first, second, or third guy on the Lakers that I want going ISO. So at that point, it's like you're relegated to the bench minutes, like the the second team minutes where you can go ISO. And at that point, like, there's so many other guys that can do that that I don't value Kyle Kuzma as anything more than a, a decent scorer off the bench. Yeah, I agree with that. He just doesn't really do anything other than shoot. And like you said, even his shot selection is pretty shoddy at some times. Like, he's, like, he's that guy who, like, he thinks he's, like, the best player on the court when he's out on the court. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I liked him when he was coming up because he was kind of like a late first-round pick, and he was on that team with Lonzo, and Lonzo was getting all the hype, and then it was like, oh, shit, like maybe this this kid is it. But, yeah, ever since they got AD, his scoring has dipped. His efficiency has also dipped. I'm looking at his basketball reference right now. So his best year was two years ago. It was his sophomore season in the league. It was the first year with LeBron and he truly was the second scoring option. So he put up 19 a game, had four and a half boards, two and a half assists. His his effective field goal percentage was 52%, which is fine. It's up to 53%. I mean, he's actually shooting 37% from three this year, which isn't bad at all, but it's nothing spectacular. You're like, okay, like that's, that's good. But in today's league, there's so many guys shooting 37% that aren't Kyle Kuzma. You know? Yeah. Like, I just think he gets, like, it's one of those things. Like, you play in LA, you play for the Lakers, like, you're going to get known. And that doesn't mean that you're any good. It just means you play for the biggest market in, in town. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I feel like we just pooped on Kyle Kuzma, but I, he's still a pretty good option to stream this week. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't take me and Colin's opinions. You know, take our first opinion to pick him up, but uh, don't watch well, him play. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't watch him. No, no, no. So like, with with all that said, because you, you were asking me like as a GM, yeah, he's still, yeah, yeah. He's still putting up like decent enough fantasy numbers. The rebounds alone are kind of enticing themselves. Yeah, I mean, see, those are the things. Like, if he can build himself as a rebounder, then he's not just doing scoring because that was really the issue with him was that he was kind of just a a one-stop shop, like, going to go ISO and try to force it down your throat and not be incredibly efficient. Like, in games where he shoots, like, more than, like, 14 shots or something... He's just so ineffective. Yeah, he's done it. Oh, actually, his last two games, he's put he's taken more than fifteen shots, and those are his two most efficient games as like a high volume shooter. He hadn't notched a other a single other game this year where he took more than fifteen shots and shot above forty percent. Hmm. That's interesting. So, I, mean, I would definitely be keeping him to a concise amount of shots then. Yeah. Well, well, this is saying that, you know, maybe he's figured out how to take a lot of shots and actually make him. Yeah. And he's also put up 13 boards in each of the last games. So, yeah, I think especially with all these injuries, he benefits. Mm-hmm. I like that pick. I kind of want to pick him up, honestly, but I... I don't know. I don't think there's a place for him in my team. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Alrighty. I have a guy that I think we should talk about. 
Um, and he is a guy from my hometown, Chicago Bulls. Do you have any inkling as <laughs> who I'm about to say? Hmm. Could it be um, Ryan Archidiakono? He cut the man bun. Ooh, so close. He did do that. That that did make me like him a little bit better. But now he just <laughs> looks like Sadoransky. So <laughs> now I just like I just like Sadoransky last night. I like Archidiakono a little bit more. That's kind of what happened. <laughs> you know, the, the net likeness had to stay the same. Um, it is one Otto Porter Jr. Back and fully healthy for the first time in 15 games, roughly. He's played two games, hasn't played a ton of minutes. Um, so it's more of a, a watch for him because I, I think he he will start to become valuable. But the Bulls are, are kind of in a weird spot. So we've talked about this, Noah. They benched Wendell and Kobe tonight in favor of Garrett Temple and Thad Young because they're trying to win now. They really are, are looking to make a push at the playoffs, and if Kobe and Wendell are going to be inexperienced, make some super stupid mistakes, then uh, Billy Donovan has decided we're going to go with the experience. We're going to try to make smart plays. We're going to try to play smart basketball. And Otto Porter is a guy who's seasoned. He has a phenomenal shot. I mean, when Otto Porter was fully healthy in Washington, he was shooting 43% from downtown consistently. People really thought that he was about to be something. And at the beginning of the season, he was a phenomenal rebounding wing. And in categories leagues, I had him. He was a killer. I really enjoyed what he was able to do for me. So I think as the Bulls really start to push to win and he gets healthy, I think he's going to rebound well. I think he's going to shoot three. I think he's going to score a decent amount of points. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages around 15 points a game uh, the rest of the way throughout the season. So I I like it. That's kind of where I'm at. And I think he's like 30% rostered right now on ESPN. Yeah, and I think the Bulls, um, they started actually, they started Sadoransky and Thad Young the past two games, um, yeah. meaning Wendell Carter and yeah. Kobe White have moved to the yeah, bench. I said, I said Garrett Temple earlier. I meant Sadoransky. That was very stupid of me. Yeah, that's fine. So it shows me that the Bulls are committed to winning this season and that they want to make the playoffs. And I think Otto Porter has a place in that team if the Bulls team is heading that way because they're going to need him in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. And the Bulls are kind of in a weird spot because we've got like 11 guys who have been consistently getting minutes now. Um, So I, I think Archie Diacono, Luke Cornett, and even Denzel Valentine are, are going to start to go to the, the wayside with minutes. Although Denzel Valentine, I don't think you were watching tonight, but he hit two threes in a row. And you would have thought that he had just won a playoff game, like the NCAA double, like the tournament. Like he was like going nuts, and we were up fourteen on Toronto's bench unit. So, <laughs> I, I he has high aspirations for himself. I mean, there's a market there. You know, somebody needs to pay him. Maybe for like a halftime performance. You know, he should get like a bonus for just. He should being become like animated. a motivational speaker. Yes. Yeah. He can just come out at half and motivate the crowd. <laughs> the be, Bulls keep him on the exciting. roster strictly for his halftime locker room speeches. Fun fact, he is the longest tenured Bull right now. Really? Yeah, doesn't that suck? Interesting. That's, uh, other signs when, when you know like your franchise just isn't in a great spot is when Denzel Valentine's the longest tenured player on your team. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a we're in a, a funky spot. Alrighty, who's next guy on your list? Uh so my next guy is an established NBA veteran. Uh, and that is Dwight Howard, who is currently nineteen point one percent roster on ESPN. And um over the weekend Embiid played a game and he hyperextended his left knee 
Uh, the MRI came back clean, but he's still going to miss about two to three weeks worth of time uh, for the Sixers, who are currently to have the best record in the East. So Howard's going to get plenty of playing time over these next two to three weeks. Um, he played 24 minutes in the game and Bede got hurt, and he had 18 points, 12 rebounds, and two blocks. Uh, he's kind of a reliable monster on the glass, and he's actually started four games this year. And in the four games he started, he averaged eight points and nine rebounds per game, which are fine numbers if you need help at center, especially because he's blocked a shot a game shot per game as a starter too. So he's a constant double double threat. Um, he's going to get you high field goal percentage. He's going to get you some blocks. He's going to get you rebounds every night. Um, in terms of a categories end, I really like Dwight Howard for this next period that Embiid's going to be out. Yeah, absolutely as a category add. Because he just doesn't really hurt you. I mean, other than free throws, free throws he might hurt you. But it's not as though he's taking a ton. He's going to take free throws, though. So you have to acquiesce that because in the games that he has started, I think he's averaged like five free throws, if my math is correct off the top of my head. He's not a great free throw shooter, but yeah, other than that, I mean, he's getting you boards, he's getting you the blocks, and he's, he's going to score. I mean, in his last three games, he's averaging 12 points. That's kind of nice. I'd take that. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say about Dwight Howard, because I feel like everybody knows what to expect out of Dwight Howard at this point in his career. Yeah. Is there anything else like that you can think of? I mean, I've watched a couple of Sixers games. He seems to fit their mold decently enough. Yeah, they're a team who runs a lot of pick and roll. And while he clearly doesn't have the skill set of Embiid to where he can actually like fade on a pick and shoot a three, um, he is like a constant threat whenever he is setting that pick because you're so worried about guys like Ben Simmons and uh, Tobias Harris. But Ben Simmons is a good enough playmaker to get Dwight those passes too. So I don't think they're asking anything too crazy of him. And I think he's going to step in and fill the little gap pretty well. And if you really want to be risky, you wouldn't get Dwight Howard and you would pick up Tony Bradley, who will be getting the backup center minutes now. But that's if you're feeling spicy. I don't I don't know if I'd personally feel spicy enough. I feel like Dwight's honestly a very just safe choice. You yeah. know, like that's that's always when we've talked about this just in strategy, like when you can get a guy that you know is really only gonna hurt you in one area and benefit you in three or four, like that's what you're looking for, you know, because picking up a guy like um Danny Green comes to mind, like that can just hurt you because he can turn the ball over, he might shoot ten percent in a game and might miss some free throws and then you're just sitting there and you're like, man, like I honestly would have been better like almost just not playing this guy at all. Yeah. I've like there's not really that impact with Dwight Howard. Yeah. Uh yeah, his floor is super like I guess you can't really say high, but his floor is very like achievable every night. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I'll yeah, take consistent fantasy production. Yeah, again, categories. I don't know. Like, maybe in a points league, he's he's viable for a night here and a night there. Um, but, yeah, his his attractiveness is definitely doubled and tripled in a category league. Um, yeah, he put it in his last three games, he's put up 35, 20, and 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, in the last month, the most he has scored in a fantasy game is that 35 points. And he had 18 and 12 with two blocks. I like that. So, I like that, but, I mean, he's had, he's had as many games in the last month where he scored under 10 points as where he scored 25 or more points. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm saying. So, 
Again, probably long-term ad categories, short-term ad points leagues for Dwight Howard. No, this uh, the next guy on my list. It's it's a long time coming, and I I don't know if I love this guy, but it's worth talking about. It's Kevin Love, currently forty seven percent rostered, still listed as day to day. Is playing games again. Uh, he played ten minutes the other night uh, in the Cavs' first game out of the All Star break, and he played two minutes tonight. Against the Hawks, he didn't. Yeah, he actually got hurt. Stats. He got hurt, went to the yeah, locker room, again. and then came back and sat on the bench. Shit, I didn't know that. What would so then break it down? Um, it's it appears uh, ESPN said it appears Love avoided seriously aggravating his right calf, and he plans to do strength work Sunday night before being reevaluated Monday morning. Oh my God, and I'm gonna as a Kevin Love fantasy owner, I am about tired of this yeah. fucking bullshit. I really yeah, regret drafting this guy, honestly. But it was so, like, it was a trap, you know? Like, where I was getting him in the draft, I was like, oh, pretty yeah, good value. Like value. And then, oh, he's just going to play, like, four games all year. What if the Cavs just trade him? Like, I, I, let him go sit on the bench for a contender. Like, you and then we'd see all these injuries go away. He'd be like, wow, my calf yeah. feels great now. Oh, must have oh, been the Cleveland water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You think Kevin Love just like sits in his bed at night and just like watches the Joakim Noah interview? Repeat, <laughs> or Joakim All they got is factories, I'm... and he looks out his window. He's like, "Shit, he's right." <laughs> hey, shit, Joakim's like, "I ain't never heard of everybody that goes on vacation to Cleveland." Kevin Love's like looking for tourists. He's been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like 17 times. <laughs> oh. Yeah, man. I feel bad for him. Dude, he's been in Cleveland for a while now. Like, he has well stuck out the uh, the LeBron and, and Kyrie years. Like, he's he's been with the team through some ass years. Yeah, he's kind of done a good job of preserving himself, though. Like, he signed a super fat contract with them when LeBron left, kind of as a reward for taking a back seat to LeBron and Kyrie when they won the championship. So he got absolutely paid. And then I don't think he's, I don't think there's been a single season where he's played like more than like 65 games for them. So his legs got to be kind of fresh. I think he's just waiting out this contract, honestly, or for them to trade him. Like, what team needs Kevin Love right now? No team like, needs really Kevin Love. Like, okay, well, but eh. but teams would want teams Kevin would Love like at the right okay. price. Fair enough. Like at the price that he demands right now. Like I don't think any teams like, oh, we need to really go get this guy to win us a championship. Yeah, fact. But like. All right, fine. So then, with that said, who likes Kevin Love? I think the Blazers would really like, like Kevin Love. Love. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think a team like the Nuggets would want a Kevin Love. Um, Ooh, I like that fit. Maybe the Suns. Maybe the Mavericks. Like the a lot of West Coast there. teams could use him. Yeah. The Nuggets. I feel like there's a fit there. And yeah. they lose Jeremy Grant and Plumley, a guy that can yeah. just gobble boards, and he can he can stretch the floor. I mean, he can shoot the ball or could shoot the ball. I don't know about anymore, but he's a yeah. He would be getting a lot of open threes with three Jokic points. and Murray. Yeah, and we've seen he's like adaptable to playing with other talent around him. Like he played with LeBron yeah. and Kyrie, and he was willing to just fill his role. So if he could come in and be committed to doing that, I think any team would want him. But the contract just makes it way too difficult. Yeah, but this is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the contract. Yeah. He... Oh, dude, he's getting paid for two more years after this. Uh, how old was Lee be? He'll be 30. 
he'll hit through. Oh, he will hit free agency at thirty-five years old. That's fine. Teams would want a thirty-five-year-old Kevin Love, and I don't think he'd be looking for a, <laughs> the contract near the size of what he's getting right now. I think he'd probably no, take a pay cut. He's already made his money. He's already made his money at this point, but. Yeah, that's just I. Yeah, I can't justify trading for Kevin Love no. Nuggets if I know that I have to pay him thirty million <laughs> for two more years for him to play forty games a year. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, is there a way that the Cavs could structure a deal in which they're trading Love and still paying a part of his contract? I don't know how that all works out, like stretching a contract, but. Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? I I guess why, I don't know. Why would Cleveland do that? Why wouldn't Cleveland do that? Wouldn't you love to like even if it cost you fifteen mil a year to have fifteen mil off your books and just not have Kevin Love like sitting there? But those that fifteen mil is still like, wouldn't you? I guess I don't know. I'm trying to think of how it would like work in my head. Like if you're getting something back for it. You know, if you're getting rid of Kevin Love, you I think you just want to get rid of him, and I don't think like I don't know, I don't know Kevin Love, fuck Kevin Love. I can't think of like any trade scenarios even because you have to give other team would have to give so much back, or they'd be getting another ass contract back. <laughs> Man, well at least Kevin Love's doing well for himself. You know, I heard the Bulls he, might want him. Money. No, the Bulls don't want Kevin Love. They said he'd be a good mentor for Lori to teach him how to play less games every year but still get paid the same amount of money. <laughs> that's that's actually really in plan. You know, I, I didn't think of it that way until you said it, but now that you said <laughs> it, I really I really agree actually. Alrighty. So, well so scratch Kevin Love is a rest of season value. He has no value to anybody. Um except himself. And the Cavs supposedly have put a lot of value in him. All right, should I talk about my last guy? Yeah. All right, so my last guy is Hamadou Diallo. Uh, he's currently 9.7% roster on ESPN, and he actually just got traded um, this weekend. The Thunder traded him to the Detroit Pistons for Svi Machailu and a 2027 second-round pick via Houston. Um, and Diallo's actually a pretty solid young prospect. And the Pistons yeah. came out and said they view him as a good addition to their future core. And he played 32 games for the Thunder this season, and he got double-digit points in 20 out of those 32 games. Well, but the only downside to that is he never made more than one three-pointer a game, Colin, in any of those 32 games. Really? But over a 17-game span, he averaged 27 minutes, 14 points, 5.5 rebounds, 3.1 assists, and 1.1 steals. And the Pistons are playing for their future at this point. Like, they don't really care how many games they win. So I think Diallo, when he gets recovers from his groin injury that he's out with right now, will have a pretty significant workload um, in Detroit. And it kind of reminds me, um, a guy we talked about on Wednesday, Colin, was Kevin Porter Jr., who has put up three pretty good games so far. And I kind of get vibes of that kind of same situation here with Diallo, a guy going to another really bad team. Um, looking to see what guys are worth actually keeping during this tanking process. And I think he has a big chance here to uh, work himself into that rotation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about a lineup that just has shots available. Really, at this point, other than Jeremy Grant, I don't know what their set pieces are. Obviously, Killian Hayes. They have a lot of value in, and he should be making a return some point soon. At least that was what we had seen the Pistons say prior to All-Star break. Um, but yeah, there's not really a lot going on for the Pistons, in my mind, for their future. So, I think... Like wait, oh, okay. Let's go this way. Wayne Ellington is their current starting shooting guard. Do you think Diallo starts over Wayne Ellington yes. now that he's there? Yeah, and, with uh, Killian Hayes still it. out. Yeah, he totally starts. They'll probably start Delon Wright, him, mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant, um, 
Plumley, and then whoever they really want to play at four. Um, they could start Josh Jackson. They could start Seiku Dumia. Uh, they could start Wayne Ellington. Still, I I don't know. I mm-hmm. I can't lie. I've watched maybe one Pistons game this year when they played the Pacers, and I yeah. don't know what they're doing out on the court. But they do have shots available. Like Diallo could probably get like fifteen shots a game for them. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because like you've got Delon Wright who's taken. 10 shots a game-ish. Or actually, he missed. He's taken more than that. But, yeah, I, I agree. I'm thinking like 15 shots a game out of Diallo, and y- you kind of run from there. So I think right now he's averaging 12, 5, and 2.5 on the Thunder. I bet he jumps, jumps the points up to over 15. Rebounds and assists probably stay about the same. Yeah, I agree with that. Which makes him worth picking up if a guy's averaging fifteen points plus yeah, per game. There's just value in that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um Yeah, kind of an ass shooter though. Sixty two percent from the line and twenty nine percent from three. Ugh. That's not great. Not great. Alrighty, anybody else long-term pickup that you got, or should we move to um, just some waiver guys that you know you think you you could pick up and, and see some value in kind of soon? Uh, we can just move to the waiver guys, and I can talk about uh, one or two okay. in specific. Uh, I actually think your boy Patrick Williams has been playing pretty well as of recent. Um, he had a really good nice. game today. He had 23, which was a new career high, and I think he had six rebounds, four assists to go along with that. Uh, some other guys, uh, Jalen Brunson, we already talked about him on Wednesday. Um, he's worth picking up. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Bogdan Bekdanovic, Nolan's Noel, Tony Bradley, Carmelo Anthony, who's kind of been going off as of late. Uh, Miles Bridges, Kelly Olenek, Jalen Nall, who plays for the Timberwolves, but he's been playing a lot lately. Uh, Malik Monk, who has found a pretty steady place in the Hornets lineup, which is pretty interesting because he was not even playing at the beginning of the year. Uh, Maxi Kleba, Robert Williams, uh, Kenyon Martin Jr., who was also recalled from the Rockets, Colin, from their G League team with Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, he started the last two games for them, and he's actually looked pretty promising. And then Justin Patton, also on the Rockets. Uh, he's worth picking up this week, too. Any other guys you got, Colin? Uh, I kind of like that list. I kind of like everybody we've talked about. Um, there's nobody off the top of my head that I can think is like a short-term pickup that I, I really like. Um Maybe Zubots. I always do love to add Zubots into any waiver pickup. I think that we've talked about him before, but he is a phenomenal fantasy center to just pick up, get you 10 boards, walk away. Might score points. Might not. Who knows? And he's like always available. He's awesome. All right. Does that do it for this yeah. Sunday, Tom? I think that does it for this Sunday, Noah. Thanks for joining. I uh, I always have fun doing this with you, pal. Yeah, so thanks to... You could carve out the time. Oh, yeah. You know, always got time for some basketball and for some comedy. Hey, baby. I uh, appreciate that. You excited for this tournament? Even though Indiana mm-hmm. will uh, not be partaking for the fifth year in a row? Not really, honestly. Like, I was thinking of making a bracket thing with my friends, and this is one of the weird years where I'm like, I literally can't pick a bracket this year. Like, I'll still do it because, you know, it's fun, but, like, there's no, like, decision-making going into it, honestly, because I really just didn't follow college basketball at all. I'm I'm a guy who thinks college basketball kind of sucks, and I'm much more of a fan of the NBA, but, you know, that's me. Yeah, we've talked about it before. It's it's so different. I mean, just the level of skill at the NBA compared to college is 
It's astronomical. A 2-3 zone will just debilitate an entire college team's game plan. (laughs) It'll just end their world. And I hate that there's no five-second defensive violation. So you see these huge guys in college that can't actually move and will never play in the NBA, but they're just like elite rim protectors. Yeah. You got problems with Luka Garza? (laughs) I actually think Luka Garza can make it in the NBA because he shoots. I was more talking about like that dude on Purdue. You remember, like Isaac Haas. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. Screw him. I, that guy can suck a dick. I don't. I don't like Purdue. I don't like him. Fuck Purdue. I'm just going on the record. Yeah, fuck Purdue, dude. God, that's the the, the most annoying part about Archie, is that you hire him and he goes 0 and 9 against Purdue. Like he can't do that. That's fireable enough, right there. Yeah, like I, take everything else out of the equation. You go zero and nine against like your biggest rival, and I I don't speak to these things, but Indiana Purdue has to be like one of the more heated rivalries in totally. college basketball. Has to be right. Yeah, I mean those places get hostile. Like being like in Assembly Hall, like people are pissed. Like, people are upset when we lose those games. Assembly Hall is such a vibe, honestly. If, you, if you're if you a basketball yeah. fan, you should come watch a game at Assembly Hall. It's a really good time. There will be tournament games there this year. And Indiana won't be in the <laughs> tournament. Yeah. Big sad. Sends me shivers. Uh, shout out to my boys at U of I, though, because I grew up watching... The Fighting Illini, and then they were pretty irrelevant for about a decade there. So to see them back as a one seed, it's just fun. It's just awesome for the state. I am beyond stoked and will absolutely be repping my uh, blue and orange this tournament. Yeah, okay, bandwagon. Dude, it's not bandwagon. Like, I always root for U of I. Like, yeah, I've been a Gonzaga yeah. fan my whole life, ever since I grew up in California. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, dude. They, uh, is it because they're all white? Is that why you like them? No, I, I don't even think. Wow. I, I don't even oh think Gonzaga God, has. Dude. They probably have more darker fellows than white fellows. Oh, and I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there there are a couple of white fellows out there. Actually, I I don't know. No, they I have a guy know. named Jalen Suggs. He's gonna be an animal. Uh, whenever whenever we do our like draft coverage, animal. he's gonna be an absolute monster. Dude, I'm I'm pumped for draft coverage. The this draft is low key stacked. Yeah, it is compared to last year's it's, draft. It's oh well yeah, last year's draft was was pretty ass. Yeah, like I don't. I think LaMelo is going to be decent. I I still don't know what to expect out of Anthony Edwards. James Wiseman's kind of shown that he's going to be just like a career like 10 and 10 guy, which is fine. I mean, I think he could be he could probably make some all NBA defensive teams, but I I don't think he he really does anything super impactful. And other than that, I mean Tyrese Halliburton, and that that could really be it as, as far as the big names from this draft goes. Have you heard of Cade Cunningham, the dude that plays on Oklahoma State? Have I heard of Cade Cunningham? Yeah, dude, Cunningham he's gonna is, be really good. Yeah, he just feels yeah, like I, just from what I've seen from him, he like feels better than like maybe not Lamelo because we've seen Lamelo, but like. Just compared to watching Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman last year, like Kate yeah. Cunningham feels better than them already. Yeah. I mean, Lamella was just such an interesting one because we didn't really have yeah. footage of him. And, like, I I don't know. Do you think Lamella goes higher if his last name isn't Ball? I yeah, I think there was just, like, some teams were just afraid of the baggage, you know? And Lamelo yeah. was kind of a question mark, but in reality, like it should have been a no-brainer. Lamelo was the number one pick. Yeah, I I still remember like seeing that Lamelo might fall to the Bulls and just saying yes, please. 
Jalen Rose actually came out a couple weeks ago and said that the Warriors told LaMelo that they were going to draft him at two. But then they drafted James Wiseman. What? It's Jalen Rose, so like, I'm going to take it for what it is. No, no LaMelo actually, like, him and Jalen Rose, like, hang out. Like, I'm pretty sure Jalen Rose is one of his mentors. You, why would you pick Jalen Rose as a mentor? I hate Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. <laughs> why do you hate Jalen Rose, dude? He's a Pacers legend. He played for the Bulls as well, and Bulls yeah, legend. Like I'm, I'm sorry that he's a Pacers legend. That kind of blows. He's dude, not a he's Pacers. Just, he's one of those personalities, dude. That I just I can't really, I can't get along with. Like whenever he's on, I'm just kind of like, uh, like this. Like he knows like a lot about basketball, but there are times where I sit there and I'm like, I think I know more about basketball. Than you. Yeah, when I watch you those know? shows on like ESPN, um, like you know when the Jump had like Paul Pierce and like Tracy McGrady on there. Yeah, I feel like they would just. I feel like Paul Pierce's job is to just be like the dude who says dumb shit. You know, like even if he really yeah. doesn't believe in it, and it's kind of annoying. Which, like, I get. Like, you, you gotta sell it. Like, that talking head stuff. Like, like there's that, like, clip of, like, Max Kellerman saying that he'd take Andre Iguodala take... over Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Iguodala. <laughs> Mars invades. Lasers pointed at Earth. The fate of the Earth stands. I'm taking Iguodala. Yeah, like... <laughs> Like you can see it in his eyes that he knows that that shit doesn't make any sense. But like, <laughs> it's dumb. Then when you yeah, it's dumb when I'm watching like a guy who's like a ten time all star say dumb shit. Like, yeah, man. Like I know that you know better than this. <laughs> so like you know you're not some guy who like grew up as like a boxing uh, specialist because that's what Kellerman was. He was like a like the, the ESPN like boxing beat reporter. Um. Yeah. Alrighty, I like this little tangent, but uh, yes, we, we should probably wrap the show up. Yeah. Thanks to uh, everyone who listens. Uh, shout out to everyone who listens to us from Reddit, and we'll see you guys on Wednesday. See you guys. Mazel tov. <laughs>